This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Science Fictionary Podcast. I'm David, and joining me tonight is Andrew. What's going on, everybody? It's just the two of us tonight, so we're going to do a fun, hopefully fun, quick little show where we're going to talk about a couple news items and have a discussion about biopics, because there was an awesome Jamie Costa test footage that came out as Robin Williams, but we'll get to that last. First of all, this came out a few weeks ago, but we still never talked about it, the Hawkeye trailer. Yeah. Um, I'm stoked. It's, it's uh, you know, it's very diehard. Yep. Um, which I love. I love that they're going, going for that. It's, uh, it's, it's got a very distinct kind of diehard feel or, um, uh, it's got a very Shane Black feel to it. It it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. Iron Man three is one of my favorite Marvel movies. I know it's a very unpopular opinion. A lot of people don't like Iron Man three, but personally I'm a big fan of it. And a lot of it is because it's 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 feels pretty different from some other Marvel movies with yeah. the Christmas theme. It's it's very much a Shane Black movie. Yeah, I actually I love the movie. Mm-hmm. My gripe with it as an MCU movie is that it's a little. It's like it's probably the one movie that's the most disjointed from the rest of the MCU. It yep. just it kind of feels like it doesn't quite make sense in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. One, I mean, he blows up his Iron Man suits, but oh wait, he has to be in Avengers: Age of Ultron, so never mind. And the president gets kidnapped. Captain America totally would have showed up to that, but he we didn't pay Chris Evans to be in this movie. So, so yeah, that's so I understand the problems with Iron Man three, but I really like the style, and I'm sad they never went back to like a kind of Christmassy feel. Have you thought has has there been any other MCU thing that had that kind of Christmas theme? I know we're getting the Guardians of Galaxy Christmas special coming up. Yeah. That's going to be great. I can't think of any other MCU movie set at Christmas. Yeah. And I love movies set at Christmas. Uh, I think it's a... But I'm, it, trying, it's to rem- like I'm trying to remember if there was anything Christmas related in either of the first two Iron Man movies. Because I know Shane Black likes to do Christmas, but so does Favreau. Yeah. I don't think so. But I, I don't think, think there Christmas. is. No. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see this because uh, I love when franchises go Christmas. It's kind of a gimmick in a way. A lot of franchises, they're like, oh, and now we're going to have the Christmas one. Um, but I think it, it'll work here really well. I think it'll be a lot of fun. It's, it's great. It's sort of like how WandaVision tried many different things mm-hmm. and Loki – tried many different things looks like this is trying something different also it's gonna have a very distinct feel but also it's very mcu yeah well i'm excited for the feel of it i'm also i'm also a big hawkeye fan is it's kind of our our least powered uh, avenger yeah. you know he's he's an agent of shield you know he's um he's he's a super spy but 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not like Family Man. this is a little more street level, and we hadn't done a ton of that anywhere in the MCU. Um, mm-hmm. Even even the Black Widow movie is still very big and like the big superhero yeah. moments. It's I not, don't think Hawkeye is going to be falling out of the sky doing front flips and karate in midair against no, the robot. That no, I think you're going to see his moves. Yeah, from what I've seen, it looks like you're going to get a lot of really good practical effects on yeah. the stunt work. And uh, I'm excited about it, and I think it's a fun way to introduce the new character. Yeah. Um, this is, I think, going to be a pretty important show going forward because I, I mean, Haley Steinfeld's a big deal. Right. Um, this is not going to be some small character. She's definitely going to show up in the Avengers movies. I, I have a, a strong theory that the next Avengers movie is, is going to be called um, The New Avengers. Mm. And I think we might get a, like, a Young Avengers movie. Um, or it could just literally be the next Avengers movie is Young Avengers. And it's... Spider-Man and Miss Marvel and Haley Steinfeld as uh, Kate Bishop. And uh, there's a couple other things they set up that I can't think of at the top of my head, but we got that Ironheart thing coming out. Um, Right. And supposedly Armor Wars, but I haven't heard anything about that one in a while. Yeah. Armor Wars is coming, which is going to be awesome. But I'm just saying like Ironheart's going to set up that kind of young character. I don't know how old they're going to make She-Hulk in this, but I could imagine them making She-Hulk kind of a younger character and her being a part of that too. Um, they're setting up a lot of specifically children superheroes oh, or yeah. at least like early 20. Well, like, we've got quite a few children, like, you know, teenagers. Yeah. Literal under 18. Children. And then, uh, and then a number of like, or like 20 somethings. And right. I think you're kind of probably setting those 20 somethings up as the leaders in some sort of young Avengers show or movie or something they yeah. they have to be there's no way they're not intentionally setting those things up yeah there's too many children characters to not do that right um, i can imagine them doing like a new avengers where you have the like shang chi's a young character but he's not a child so like right. I, he could be just new avengers like yeah. shang chi and you're not going to put moon knight i don't think a moon knight's going to show up in any avengers movies honestly um but you're not going to put characters like Shang-Chi or what are some of the new characters coming out that might be in the Avengers? There's not really a lot. Like there's not a lot of new characters that aren't children no, that are going to be in the Avengers. There's going to be blade. There's going to be um, moon Knight, but I don't think those people are ever going to show up in an Avengers movie. I don't think so either. Like, I mean, if blade shows up in an Avengers movie, I'd be shocked. Yeah. Uh, now have a crossover where Blade pops up in somebody else's movie. That'd be great. Yeah. But I, as far as him, I don't see Blade with the Avengers. You know, saving New York. It's. Right. Um. Now, where is? Do you know what city is? Are they supposed to be in New York? I assume it's New York for this show. I I really think that it's. Uh, I think that it's New York because I know that the big rumor is that Kingpin's in this. Oh, that's true. That's true. So New York does make sense. And Kingpin, Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin. Also, there's been rumblings, rumors about Daredevil. And it sort of makes me wonder if, because everybody everybody has this idea, like Charlie Cox definitely filmed something. Yeah. What if this is what Charlie Cox actually filmed and not the new Spider-Man? That'd be funny. 
that'd be really hilarious. Um, because I think we're gonna we're getting this show before we get Spider Man. I think. Yes. And yeah, so, this yeah, comes out. Watching... The, this comes out Thanksgiving Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. So if we yeah if we get it in Spider Man's I mean if if Charlie Cox is in it then yeah there's no way he's in Spider Man. There's a possibility of that. Um, because yeah, it would be a shame if they have Kingpin, but not daredevil there right well i just i was i hadn't thought about that but i was sitting here going it's supposed to be really this is going to be way more street level it's in new york kingpin's supposed to be in it like what if the punisher shows up what if john bernthal shows up i think that's a possibility yeah oh uh a lot of the punisher season two took place around christmas time there we go that's what else took place (laughs) at christmas yeah it did um so I think he'd fit right in there. I could see like maybe Daredevil being in and Spider Man, but then in this we got Punisher and we got Kingpin. Um, what's gonna be weird about it is it's gonna be just a cameo. Mm-hmm. But that sometimes those cameos they can be really cool and exciting, but they'll take me out of it because then I'm just like, man, what's going on with Kingpin? Like you'll show like how sort of how Spider Man showed up in Civil War, and it was like, okay, yeah, it's for the fight scene, but then the rest of Civil War, all I was thinking about was like. I wonder what Spider-Man's doing right now. <laughs> like that's all I was thinking about. That's how I'd feel if if Kingpin showed up for five seconds. I would not. I'd be like the whole time. I'd be like, what's Kingpin up to? What's he doing? Right. Uh, well, it's like it's when you take a character that big and you just throw him in the mix and go, hey, this character. By the way, this character does exist. It would have been yeah. like if when we went to uh, in one of the Guardians movies, if we had actually met Nova. Yeah. And then it was like, and then years went by without him ever showing us Nova again. It would be like, <laughs> what's, what's happening? Why is this a thing? Like, yeah. But I mean, it's, I think it's the Kingpin's coming back. Vincent D'Onofrio's coming back. Um, just like I think Charlie Cox is. I'm pretty sure that Mike Coulter's coming back as Luke Cage at this point. I think he's popular enough. Maybe we'll get Jessica Jones. Like these, these characters are really popular. And I think that, Disney and Marvel realize that, especially as we got kind of got past Endgame, I think they're more willing to do things like that. Yeah, like sort of how they're bringing in Blade. Now they can bring in this Charlie Cox character. I mean, like, okay, do you know what the post-credit scene for Venom is? No. Okay. Um, never mind. But well, if you want to give a spoiler warning, I don't know when I'm going to see Venom. So if you want to talk about it, I'm game. Do you care? Do no. You care? No. All right, yeah, spoiler warning, spoiler warning. Um, five, four, three, two, one. Venom is transported into the MCU. Okay. Uh, the, it ends, and he wakes up in a hotel. It's like a crazy transport of things happen. He wakes up in a hotel room, and on the news is the same broadcast with J. Jonah Jameson that was at the end of Far From Home when it was like, Peter Parker is Spider-Man, like that whole thing. And then Venom and... Uh, Tom Hardy look at each other like, huh? And then it ends. Um, okay. So if we're bringing in Venom, like if, if we're doing things like that, where we're going to have this multiverse thing and like literally this character from a different universe is going to show up in the MCU now that is doing that, then yeah, they got to, there's no doubt in my mind that we're going to get um, these Netflix characters showing back up as well. I think they're more willing to do fun stuff. So, yeah, no, it's pretty – I think Kingpin's definitely going to be in this. I'd love it if Kingpin was just a villain. I think that would work really well, um, but I don't think he is. What do you think about um, 
Florence Pugh's character showing up. Yelena, that's her name, yeah? Yeah, um, um, that's going to be an interesting one. Um, I think, I mean, she is certainly set up. We don't know exactly what's going on with the, the team. Whatever team is being assembled. Right, like the Thunderbolts or whatever it's going to be. Yeah, um, you know, who all's involved, what all's going on over there. I'm assuming, I, you know, the assumption has always been that she's going to basically take over the Black Widow role. Yeah. With the Avengers. Right now, she's on the wrong side of things. Yeah. And she, she's and at I least, th- she, at, the, at the best, she's in the middle. Right. And I think that's the thing. Right now, she's kind of caught in the middle. And, but she's kind of working for the wrong side. And, uh, you know, it was Clint that, you know, they give us all the clues that Clint is the one that kind of saw the good, saw the value in her and brought her into shield talking about Natasha. And so I'm expecting that we're actually going to see that same thing play out with, with this new character. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I read somewhere she's going to be like in every episode. Like she's part of the main cast. Yeah, you know, I th- I'm assuming that she is sent to uh, to kill him, and by the end, he's going to somehow win her over. Yeah, I, I think that you're definitely right. Um, I'll probably find it a little bit frustrating at first because I'll just be like, Ugh, just have a conversation with each other, please, and it'll all get sorted out. But they'll be trying to punch each other. Well, I I imagine Hawkeye is going to try to be like, hey, let me tell you what happened. And then Yolanda's just going to be punching him. Right. Uh, but eventually, I think you're right. Like, it'll just, they'll talk it out. Um, well, and that's but if the that, thing. If that's the case, it kind of disappoints me because I kind of want to see where this team that Madam Hydra, they're not calling her Madam Hydra yet, but it's it's totally Madam Hydra. What right. what she's got going on. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I do and, think we're going to see that. I just. Like, I guess the question is, is do we leave Yelena on that side of the aisle? Right. I think she will be for a while because I think that whatever Madam Hydra's building is not going to explicitly be evil for a bit. Yeah. It's going to go. Well, that's kind of the, that's kind of the thing with the Thunderbolts, right? They kind of pose as heroes. Yeah. Um, yeah, the original thing of the Thunderbolts is these guys showed up and they're like, we're heroes. And then there were supervillains in disguise. Right. Uh, and then eventually they just became a team of supervillains that was then had, they were the Suicide Squad. They had chips in their head that got told what the, uh, so the shield made them do whatever. But I could see this sort of being like, I don't think they're going to call them the Thunderbolts unless they literally have Thunderbolt Raw show up and be like in charge of it. But it could just be like the Dark Avengers type thing. Um, I think that it's a Hydra thing, which I love personally. I think a lot of people are like, I'm sick of Hydra. And if you are, that's fair. Not I yet. totally get if you're like, no more Hydra. But I love the idea that this whole time all this cra- Thanos is going on, we they thought they defeated Hydra, but they've been in the background just sticking around. Mm-hmm. Like there's this joke in the comics that every time something goes wrong in space, it's always those freaking scrolls. Like every like there's times where Captain America's like scrolls it's always scrolls <laughs> and so i'd love it if in, in the mcu it's like hydra really didn't we get rid of you like freaking 10 years ago oh my god i could see like this dark avengers team being the villain of the next captain america movie um sort of like i could see it be they show up sort of like the thunderbolts like they're doing good 
You know, you've got U.S. agent on there. You got your lane. You got whoever else. Maybe mm. Abomination. Um, and they're mm. doing good. And, uh, but then Madam Hydra kind of flips the Hydra switch. They all turn into like Winter Soldier type characters. Um, and they've been brainwashed, or they're just—I don't know. Um, I don't think John Walker is gonna do anything evil without like a reason behind it, like a brainwashing or whatever. Yeah. That's the thing um, that right now the team like Yelena's not evil. Yeah. John Walker's not evil. Zemo Zemo's not even evil. No, Zemo's not going to like shoot a child in the face or something like that, like do something evil. Right. Zemo always has a reason behind what he does. So so just those three, it's it's really they're building a real interesting dynamic and I I do think you're right. I do think you know they've announced a Captain America uh, you know, a fourth Captain America yeah. film. So it makes sense that whatever is being built will be the, the villain or group and, of villains for that. And it was a pleasant surprise when she showed up at the end of black widow, because it's like, Oh, this is, this can kind of be like the new infinity stones, but on a much smaller scale Yeah, where every couple movies or every couple shows, there's this lady that shows up played by a pretty notable actress too. Like this is not some random and she shows up and like, Hey, you want to join my team? And then like slowly over time. And then it all comes to a head in a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like that idea. Yeah. Uh, kind of building up to that. Uh, I'm really excited to see where that goes. And so I hope I'm sure Hawkeye is going to have a big part. The show is going to have a big part in expanding it. Um, but yeah, no, the show looks great. Yeah, no, I'm um, excited about that show. Um, that's fu- lots of fun action. I always, I'm disappointed, and I want to, I kind of wanted Shang Chi to be this. Um, I was hoping we would get, you know, the Ronin scene from Endgame, mm-hmm. just a whole show like that. I think this is the closest we're gonna get to that. It's not gonna be as dark and as like cool and, you know, ninja edgy as Ronin was, but I, this will be the closest we get to that in just a whole show of like street fighting. Yeah. Um, but no. on a high budget scale with, yeah. with good stunts and kind of Kung Fu and stuff like that. Oh, I absolutely wish they would turn around at some point and do a Hawkeye series that, or a Ronin, yeah. you know, a, 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 an event series as they're calling, calling them a one-off Yeah, and show us, show us what he did as Ronin. Yeah. I would freaking love it if we got like this whole show. And it's entirely in other languages. Like, let's do something really weird. Foreign films are big right now because I know he. We know he's been to Mexico and he was in Japan. So let's have a show where he's like in places like Mexico, speaking Spanish as Ronan, and then in Japan, let's get a whole show where it's him in Japan. It's entirely in Japanese, and it's just literally into the Badlands, but with with Ronan yeah. hunting down these. Yakuza members that would be awesome um fix I don't don't give him that haircut again though <laughs> like retcon in that he shaved it like that right before Black Widow got there so that way we don't have to watch a whole show with him like with his <laughs> hair like that right so yeah any other thoughts on the Hawkeye show before we yeah, I don't think Move so, on. but I'm, uh, you know, that's one I didn't really know what to expect when they first said they were doing it, but uh, I've been pleasantly surprised by the trailers. Me too. 
We'll definitely do. We'll probably do uh, YouTube videos on it weekly oh, uh, as it comes out. Um, so the next little thing I wanted to talk about was, wait, what were the? It was that, and it was what else? We got the Jamie Costa video. We got Jamie Costa. I thought there was something else. Was there another? Oh, Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock. Okay. So the next thing. I wanted to bring up another MCU thing was that uh, Will, is it Poulter? Poulter. Poulter has been cast as Adam Warlock in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Just right off the bat, what are your initial thoughts on this on this casting? I mean, I like him as an actor. Um, I think it's an interesting choice. It's not somebody I would have envisioned for the role. And probably even a little younger than I would have expected them to go for the character. Yeah. Um, I think that's the most surprising thing to me is I kind of expected them to go for somebody a little bit older. Um, I thought it would have been a fun role for somebody like a Nathan Fillion. Um, yeah. But I'm fine with it. He's, he's a good actor. Um, I don't know just a ton about Adam Warlock in the comics. He's but the perfect person. But they've they've teased this character way back in Guardians too. Yeah, he's a lot of people thought he was gonna be in Guardians too. Um, that's how long we've just been expecting this to show up because he played a huge part in the Infinity War stuff in the comic book. Right. So it was really shocking when he wasn't a part of that. So it's like, what are they gonna do with him now? Um, yeah, Adam Warlock's a really interesting character. He's a good guy, but he's kind of above all of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, he can play both sides a little bit. Um, actually, at one point, his personality gets split into the perfectly good side of him and the perfectly evil called the Magnus, and then they... Um, I think it's called the Magnus, or that might have been the Sentry's arch nemesis. Either way, good, bad, Adam Warlock, and they fight each other. Um, uh, and that's actually a pretty like big part of his character, so I wonder if we'll see that and something like this, but um, yeah, Adam Warlock's been a is a pretty big deal in the cosmic world of the MCU, and it's really cool that we are. I mean, we all kind of thought that we were going to be getting him in Guardians Three, but it's cool to have it confirmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is not the guy I would have. Man, there's expected. so many so many people showing up in Guardians Three, at least from what we're hearing. Yeah, yeah Guardians Three is going to be huge, um, a huge big deal for for cosmic stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if we start getting hints to like Galactus and stuff like that annihilation etc um but yeah the first thing i saw what a lot of people were tweeting was they got the eyebrow guy to play adam warlock (laughs) which is what i've always called him since that maze runner movie where he just has these weird eyebrows but yeah i think he's a good actor he's a good Uh, actor the thing is i mean he's I'm trying to think what the bigger things he's actually done. You know, when he was real young, he did the Narnia, uh, Chronicles yeah. of Narnia movie. And he did, um, he was some weird, the Millers. Yeah. And he, he did the maze runner films. He was actually supposed to be in this new Lord of the Rings thing from Amazon. That's right. As, as, uh, he was going to be part of, um, uh, he was supposed for... to be Elrond, I believe. Oh, cool. He was supposed to be playing a young young Elrond and Okay. 
but something that that show was such a mess early on they couldn't get it going and i think he finally i think he walked away from the project because they never would commit to start filming it yeah and now that we know that he's in this this may be why yeah um so i'm sure they've had this set up for for a while had this oh uh, i'm sure set in place um yeah, definitely younger than I would have thought. I, I you know, I sort of imagine Adam more like as a older, wiser person. Mm-hmm. And he can still be that. The idea is he's been bred as this perfect person. And so he can kind of come out and instantly have that wisdom. You don't have to be old. But just that kind of look. I, I imagine like a Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Uh, as that. I also thought about Zac Efron. Even though Zac Efron is relatively young, he kind of looks a little bit older than someone like a Will Porter. I mean, Will Poulter. Yeah. I mean, he's um, still, I mean, he's still a fair amount older than, than Poulter is. Yeah. Um, and Avron would have been an interesting choice for it. Um, right. I'm honestly kind of, now that you say that name, I'm kind of surprised he hasn't popped up somewhere, but there's, there's a number of actors I'm surprised haven't popped up in the MCU. Yeah. I, I'm really pushing for Zach Efron. I've been one, I'm a big fan. Uh, uh, he kind of his... like, a lot of people don't necessarily take him seriously because he's a Disney actor. Yeah. And that tends to uh, kind of cast a shadow over actors' careers. Mm-hmm. But I, I think he's fine as an actor. Yeah, I think he's fine. I think he's broken through that a little bit. He's been getting more and more roles. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really like him, and I think that he has a lot of energy, and he brings a lot to the screen. Um, I've always wanted to see him in a Star Wars yeah. uh, prop project because i think he just has the energy to do that um i always imagine him as like a luke skywalker archetypal type character yeah um i, I think he'd be a great human torch if they decide to go that route there's a couple people that would be a really good human torch that we might get yeah um, no he'd be a good one the human torch is one of those that it's like you know who do you cast i mean as bad as those that original fantastic four movie was like they did cast that role. They did cast that correctly. Yeah. Um, I kind of liked everybody in the original fantastic four. Yeah. I mean, the movie's honest. not great, but the cast is fine. Yeah. Um, but, but casting, uh, you know, Chris Evans, I mean, before he did captain America, that's all he did was play jerks. Yeah. And which <laughs> made him, a, you know, the perfect pick for human torch. Human torch. Yeah. He was a great human torch. Um, so there's a lot of different avenues you can go with the human torch and I'm excited to see. Um, but anyway, Adam Warlock, there's a lot of different actors I'd picked for Adam Warlock and he was not one of them, but I think it'll be fine. I have no idea what they're going to do with them in this movie because the MCU, I kind of like this as a fan because it, it makes it more unpredictable. The yeah. MCU has gone so far away from the comics at this point that it's not even, you yeah. can't, you it's can't a, even say like, well, in the comics, this happened. That doesn't mean it's going to happen in this at all. And I'm um, honestly, I'm really glad because there are so many alternate stories in the comics. I'm really glad that the avenue they chose to take because they couldn't lay it out in the exact order the comics did anyway, just because of the mm-hmm. filmmaking of film is different. Um, I'm really glad that they chose to take these stories and then Kevin Feige lay them out 10 years into the future and say, okay, so we're going to take these things from the comics, but this is how we're going to do things in our universe. Yeah. 
And I, and I love that they did that and didn't try to be, you know, it's like they're, they're loyal to the comics and the, the yeah. characters are true to the comics, but they're not afraid to alter the story to make it work. Yeah. And just, and also just small little things about the story. Like it actually big things sort of like star Lord, star Lord's dad is not Eagle, the living planet. Star Lord is the son of a King of a planet. Mm. Um, named Jason of Spartax right. and Star-Lord is like a princely name that he's given. Like it's nothing like what Star-Lord, his, his story is in the MCU, but the characters there, same for someone like Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi is not the son of the Mandarin. The Mandarin was not this guy who was like a crime, uh, a crime warlord who had these 10 rings that go as gauntlets. That's not what the 10 rings were, right. but that's fine because it still works in context of the movie and it's really, really cool. And the way, the reason that's so cool is because I can't just read up a comic book about what the 10 rings are and then go into the movie and know exactly what's going to happen. Right. And, and you also, if you're like a huge fan of one of those comics, the movie doesn't, you know that it's not going to follow your comic completely. It's going to take the elements that it, that it can use and kind of re retread it for the MCU. And so, and at the same, you know, it, it doesn't have the burden of trying to please fans of particular comic runs. Yeah. It doesn't have the burden. And also as a fan, it just, it makes it exciting because I don't know what's going to happen when I go into these movies. Right. I, now for some fans that really makes them mad and they change anything about how something works in the comic books. And Right. And I do sympathize. I do. But as long as a character, as long as a, a character isn't ruined, that's really all I'm concerned about. A character, a theme, a point of the story. Um, like Spider-Man in the con- Aunt May is not a, 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 a like mid thirties hot woman in the comic books. Uh, but it works for the movies. It's fine. It doesn't ruin the character of Aunt May. She's still a caring mother figure for Peter. Um, Peter's best friend is not Ned in the comic books. Ned is like a hob is like an older man who works at the daily bugle, who becomes the hobgoblin. Like that's, that's not what this is, but it still works. It just gives Peter a friend. It's not ruining anything. So whatever they do with Adam Warlock, it's going to be nothing like what happened in the comic books because we're past the infinity stone stuff. And Adam Warlock's whole character is infinity stone. That's like his whole thing. So I have no clue what they could do. I guess he could be like the villain of, of this movie. Yeah. Um, And he could start off as a villain and you know, that's a, that's a fairly common comic trope too, is these two groups meet each other and just kind of, abuse each other for a little while till they figure out they're on the same side. It's exactly what happened in infinity war when the guardians met iron man, and right? Dr. Strange. Um, ex- exactly. So I don't know. It, it's harder and harder to speculate as the years go on. When captain America was coming out, it was, uh, it was easy to be like, okay, so there's this guy and he's skinny and he's in world war two and he's going to get this super soldier serum. He's going to fight the red skull, but he's going to get frozen in ice and he's going to wake up in modern day. Now, it is almost impossible to say, like, well, I guess this might happen, maybe, but they kind of already, uh, I don't know. I can't, I can't be like, well, Adam Warlock, he's going to do this because everything he did had to do with the Infinity Zones, and those are, like, not a factor anymore. Right. They're gone. In this universe, they have been destroyed. 
um, well, and then brought back to where they came from. So I have no idea. It's, it's, I've, I don't even know where to begin to speculate on what Adam Warlock's role is going to be in this movie, but it's, it's cool that we're getting them. Yeah. Keep, yeah, keep no, that's, that's one of the ones they've been needing to do for a while on the cosmic end. I mean, yeah, you gotta, you gotta do Adam Warlock. At some point you've got to do the silver surfer. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure we're going to get some sort of, and I still really think they need to do Nova. To, they really need to do Nova. They need to set, then all that could happen in this guardians movie. It's really I think good. it's very possible. We're going to get hints towards Galactus and silver surfer. We're at least going to hear like the name of the race that silver surfer comes from, uh, or we're going to hear about Galactus or something or, we already know the Nova Corps. Maybe the Nova Corps starts rebuilding, and there's this guy. Um, I don't know. They might go the Sam Alexander route or the um, the older Nova. I can't. The name. Like, the name's slipping me right now. Um, I don't know which they could go. It's possible they go Sam Alexander. They just skip the Sam, Sam Alexander because that's another child. Perfect for that for the kid in for the kid Avengers thing we were talking about earlier. All the kids in the MCU. Yeah. All that kind of stuff is going to be probably addressed in either this or it's going to be addressed in Thor. I have no idea. And it may be a combination because I think there's, I think there's going to be a little bit of overlap. Yeah, um, between that's right. those two films. So, yeah. I mean, I we've got those two movies that are fixed to fully drive us in that, plus the Eternals, fixed to full blown drive us into the cosmic. Uh, oh, universe. Yeah. yeah. All the celestial stuff like yeah. back Eternals. We could hear about Galactus or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's, it's impossible to speculate now because they could do anything with anything and they have proven that they will do anything with anything. I never would have imagined that the way we reintroduce abomination into the MCU is through <laughs> Shang-Chi. Like that's so random hanging You're, out with Wong. When we, when they, what? Hanging out with Wong. Hanging out with Wong, throwing fights. They got a little setup. Like when they announced Shang-Chi, nobody's initial thought was like, oh man, Abomination's going to be in it. So it's impossible to speculate at this point. Um, but still super cool. And we could go on and on and on about ooh, what's going to happen next, but I'll, yeah. I'll slow us down. Well, I think, I think the last thing I would say about Will Poulter is I think he caught a lot of people off guard. Um, and it's fair to question it. However, every time I have ever questioned casting in the MCU, I've had to eat my words. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. I trust him to do whatever. I'm sure whatever plan they have it for Adam Warlock, he is perfect for it. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Even where I have felt like some of the movies, even, even places where movies haven't been as good as I thought they could have been. In, in a few of those movies, the casting has still all been on point. Casting is always spot on. I agree. I can't think of like a miscast role. So, yeah. Yeah. Good for Will. Uh, speaking of, of actors, perfect for, for certain roles. There was a really, really cool test footage for a proposed biopic called Robin uh, that came out from uh, Jamie Costa who's mostly known for his Star Wars fan films. He made uh, Kenobi and a couple other ones that are pretty good. Um, well, he was the one that everybody wanted to play Han Solo, right? Yes, because he, he was in a Solo 
he did a Han Solo uh, fan film called like Smuggler's Trade or something like that um, that I watched after watching this Robin test footage. Uh, it was going crazy on Twitter because everyone's saying make this biopic and cast Jamie Costa as Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you saw the footage. I did. It was incredible. Yeah. I, I loved it. No, I mean, the thing is, like, while he doesn't 100% look exactly like Robin Williams, all the mannerisms are completely spot on to the point of almost being kind of freaky. Yeah. But if you closed your eyes, you heard Robin Williams. Oh, yeah. His voice was spot on. His his mannerisms, the way that he did the corners of his mouth. Yeah. Um, and the hand, the use of the, the hand, hand gestures. The hand gestures and how how he said every word it was incredible and i'm a, i'm a just like everybody i'm a huge robin williams fan um i'd go so far as to say he's up there as one of my favorite actors like top three yeah. on some days of the week he'd be number one um because i love him and everything he does everything he did and I'm, I'm just a really big fan i still love i love watching robin williams movies yeah and i don't say that about a lot of actors i don't say things like oh man i gotta check out the Brad Pitt movie. I like movies Brad Pitt is in, but I, I don't say that about a lot of actors. Like I gotta right. see this movie, but Robin Williams. No, I get exactly right. what you're saying. Like he's an actor that, you know, you watched, you, you constantly looked to see what he was going to be in. Yeah. Um, because you were going to go see whatever he was in. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm a big fan of his. I think he'd be a great subject for a biopic and this test footage just looked awesome, and I'm definitely in support of doing this and casting Jamie Costa to do it, which would be awesome because he's not a big-time actor. I mean, he does fan films. Yeah, and I'm going to be honest. After watching that test footage, like, you know, everybody wanted him to pay, play Han, and it was like, he would be an okay Han. He's not yeah. – I don't think he would have been one bit better than uh, Alden Ehrenreich ended up mm-hmm. being. Um, but he would have done fine, I think. Um, you know, as far as Kenobi goes, a lot of people were like, well, if you're going to recast, well, they're not going to recast Kenobi. So, uh, right. Cause they got you and McGregor, but he was a great Kenobi, I think. Yeah. And, and he's, he's a very, very talented, uh, voice actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, this was the first time I've watched him and, and I, it was like, I would have been totally opposed to a Robin Williams biopic prior to seeing that. Mm-hmm. because I would have constantly been going, who can do it? Like nobody can do it. Yeah. Um, now I, I expect doing a full movie in that character would be extremely taxing on a person. Yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. But you know, at this point I, I can't, I can't imagine anyone else who could do it as well as he does it. Um, and that was a really difficult scene that they recorded because there's a lot of uh change in emotion yeah uh that was the so for those who haven't seen it i definitely suggest checking it out but it's it's uh it's about when robin williams learned of john belushi's death um and like was 1988 or something like that uh 82 believe it or not 82 wow was that wow um, what, what film, what movie were they doing? Um, 
they said it in the test footage. I can't I, I don't remember, remember what it was. It's, it's I haven't. It's a, something of Robin Williams I haven't seen, which is not very common. Um, but it's one of his earlier things. But Robin Williams and John Belushi were close friends, and so that was a big part of his life when John Belushi died. So they did that scene, and yeah, lots of emotions they're going through. So Robin Williams is not necessarily like something we would talk about on this show usually, but I found it relevant because although it's we this could guy. do a whole segment on Mork, Mork and Mindy. Mork and Mindy. Yeah, exactly. That's what it Don't was. Don't forget, Mork. he got his start in science fiction. Yeah. Um, kind of. Well, what do you do in science fiction? Mork and Mindy. Oh, Mork and Mindy science fiction? Well, I mean, it's a it's a, it's a a sitcom, but he's an alien. Oh, okay. Okay. I see what you... Okay. He's an that... alien that's been sent to Earth to learn about humans and to report back. Okay. And so that's that what he's actually sense. doing in that scene is the whole thing where he reports back to his, his commander. That, that explains a lot. That explains a lot. It was great. Um, so yeah. Uh, but because it was from this guy who's typically known for these star Wars fan films, uh, I, I thought it'd be a good excuse to talk about something that I just thought was really cool. And it also got me thinking about what subjects I'd love to see a biopic on and who I'd like to play that person. Now, I threw this out like 30 minutes before we started recording, and I was like, I'll just look up some people real quick, and it was a lot more difficult than I thought it would be to just come up with some people that I think would be cool to yeah. do a biopic on, and then who to play them. That was the bigger problem. Yeah, I think we actually need to, we can talk about it a little tonight, but I think we need yeah. to hold that as a full topic, a full I show agree. topic for when Daniel and Marisha are back. I definitely agree. I threw together a couple that I'll just spit out. All right. Um, my example was a George Lucas biopic. All right. Um, and who would play him? I thought, and I all I could think of was Paul Rudd, only <laughs> because of that picture from him on A New Hope, where where he just has the black beard and the big black hair, and yeah. then what Paul Rudd looks like in the Ghostbusters Afterlife trailers. Right. That's the only thing I got though. Uh, Gene Roddenberry is actually getting a biopic apparently. Uh, but he has not been cast yet. So that's someone I just thought would be really cool. Couldn't think of anybody to play him though. So then I'm thinking William Shatner be another great subject. Um, I have a couple of names for him, but I'll save that. Um, Sean Connery would be a great subject for one. And this is my personal favorite, Christopher Lee, because that dude, <laughs> absolutely crazy life. Yeah. He's the real life. James Bond. He's the real life. James Bond. Exactly. So I'd love to see, and I think I got a perfect name for who would play Christopher Lee, but I'll save that if we ever do this again. Yeah. Um, Kurt Russell, I'd love to see only because I don't know how interesting his life would be, but I love John Carpenter films and he's been in so many that I got me thinking about like, let's see his journey with just him and John Carpenter together going through and making all these movies. And I also thought about it because uh, I just want to go ahead and throw it out. Joe Carey, the, the guy from Stranger Things, Steve from mm, Stranger Things. Yes, yeah. That's my choice because of the okay. hair. Because of the hair. Because of the hair. Because of the hair. Um, let's get a Clint Eastwood biopic where he's played by his son, <laughs> Scott Eastwood. Right. Because they look exactly the same. Um, I'd love to see a Macaulay Culkin uh, biopic, but just played by Macaulay Culkin <laughs> and nobody, and it starts with him as a child and nobody acknowledges that he isn't a child. 
<laughs> so, so kind of like a Martin Martin Short movie. Yeah, uh, exactly. Like Clifford. Uh huh. Um, I'd love to see a Robert Downey Jr. biopic. I think that'd be a great one. And then, um, uh, Keanu Reeves. I think he's lived a very interesting life, and that'd be a really cool biopic. Uh, so those are just some names I thought of people who I think would be really cool in biopics, but. Man, trying to come up with an actor to play any of those people. Um, yeah. Well, some of them were easier than others. Yeah. But... Well, that's like, you know, they did that that Tolkien bio, uh, biopic yeah. a couple of years ago. And um, I think they ended up casting it really well. but And it actually made me a much bigger fan of the actor. Uh, it was Nicholas, Nicholas Holt. Holt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, casting that kind of stuff is tough. Yeah, but because before you hear about it, it's like impossible to think of who could do this. So there are some obvious ones. Like if you did a Clint Eastwood, obviously Scott Eastwood, yeah. right? But for these other ones, it's it's until you see it, you just there's no way to 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 know. Um, but yeah, I think that'd be a great topic because I love biopics. I'm a big fan of biopics. They're one of my favorite things. Um, especially biopics about filmmakers. Yeah. Uh, Ed Wood is one of my favorite movies. I don't know if you've ever seen Ed Wood. Um, uh, I haven't. It's, it's the one with um, Johnny Depp. Okay. Um, when he plays this, this and Ed Wood is a horrible director who made one of the worst movies ever made. Um, it's a lot like, did you see disaster artist? Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's like that. It was the original disaster artist. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's a fantastic movie. I just love biopics like that about filmmakers. I, I love that process. Um, coincidentally, just two of the best of them were about filmmakers who made god awful movies: uh, Ed Wood and The Disaster Artist. Yeah. Um, uh, George Lucas so, will be one that when somebody gets ready to make a George Lucas biopic, it will be an interesting one. Yeah, uh, I wonder how they'll tackle that. Because <sighs> do you like? go down the route of just the journey of him becoming an egomaniac. <laughs> is that what it is? I mean, I think there has to his, be a little bit of that. It has to be like from, from the start up until he sells Lucasfilm. Like that's the story. Yeah. Um, and sort and sort of his, I, I, I would love to know what it was like to work on the prequels with him. And, and just in a world where you can't tell the man, no, Right. That's what it is. Well, that's what happened. Yeah. You reached a point where there was literally no one that could tell him no. Mm-hmm. And what it was like to work on, on those, on those sets. Um, what's also fun about these biopics is like who would play the people around them, mm-hmm. you know, um, like who would play um, like a young uh well, you Mark Hamill. Well, you can't do it without having a, having Spielberg in it. Spiel, exactly, Spielberg. There's another one who needs a biopic eventually. But yeah, problem with, the problem with people like Spielberg is he's still doing so much stuff all the time. Right. That That's the thing. His, with Spielberg. his story's not done yet. Right. And I I have always been shocked. At this point, I legitimately believe that Lucas is done. But um, you know, I I'll, I you know it's it's kind of nuts that he is when you talk about directors, movie makers, like he's a name that's going to come up. He didn't make very many movies. No, he did not direct very many. Um, 
it's it's kind of crazy that, but it, it speaks to it speaks volumes about just how big Star Wars actually is. Yeah, that he's talked about as 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 a filmmaker when he didn't really make that many movies. Um, I'd also love to do a show just on our favorite filmmakers. Yeah. Uh, just talking about them, not even like sci-fi or just anything like I'd love to do a whole episode where I just get to talk about John Carpenter movies. Yeah, we can do uh, that. We can do that. We can, we can do that for, uh, I don't know much about it, but I bet some people in the network would love to come talk, uh, John Carpenter with you. We can do that leading up to Halloween. If you want Halloween. To. Exactly. We got Halloween. Oh man. But then like you got escape from New York, big trouble, little China. Yeah. Um, so many great the thing the thing is one of the best movies ever made in my yeah. opinion it is perfect um and also i just i would love to talk about like the best filmmakers working today because mm-hmm. john carpenter doesn't do that anymore john carpenter is like a rock star now if yeah. you didn't know he yeah. was like screw it i because he made some of the best movies ever in my opinion no he made some great ones there's no doubt none of them made money right all of them bombed and so I, he got really cynical and really pissed off about it and said, screw it. I keep making these great movies and nobody's going to see them. I'm going to start a band with, I think it's called the Coupe de Ville. And it's with the guy who played um, the first Michael Myers. It is with one of his cinematographers, I think. And then some of the director and they have like a, they're like a rock band and apparently they're actually really good. Like that's what he does now. <laughs> so, you know what? A John Carpenter biopic would be a great subject. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, I'm I'm all about talking about, I'm all about talking about directors or give me an excuse to rant, to to talk on and on about Edgar Wright. Uh, Yeah. Who is Um, like hands down one of the best living like filmmakers alive right now. The man hadn't made a bad movie. Yes, it made a bad movie. No, it's like him and Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. They haven't made bad movies. It's like they're real picky about what they make, but they don't make bad movies. Yeah, you got guys that make a movie every freaking year. Like, I feel like every two years we're getting another Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. I'm kind of over the Christopher Nolan. Well, you get, I mean, you get some of these guys, like Christopher Nolan, it takes him two years to make a movie. But yeah. you get some of these guys that two movies a year. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's like Stephen King writing books. You just keep <laughs> cranking them out. Yeah. Um, but I, I I want to rant about Christopher Nolan because I, I was a fan of his, but I'm kind of over it. But I'll save that for a director centric episode because I don't know, but I haven't seen a Christopher Nolan movie in years because I'm like, oh, let me guess. Things are really strange. And- right. You know, <laughs> that's the thing about people like uh, Christopher Nolan. Um, more or less, it will probably Zack Snyder's kind of starting to fall into the same category in some ways of like, oh, okay, well, we already know what your movie's going to be before you make it. Um, you know, you get those guys like that. I was somebody else I was trying to think of. Um, oh, Denny Villeneuve. Denny Villeneuve has, there's a huge danger of him falling into that trap. What's he done? Um, so he did, um, well, he's the one, he's doing Dune, but he did a uh-huh. movie called... Um, he did Arrival, the Amy Adams movie. It came out a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. And it's like his movies just kind of have this weird melancholy tone to them. Yeah. And it's like, I watched it and I walked away. Like, I know people that like it and I walked away from it going, 
that was one of the most depressing. Like people talk about how great the end of that movie is, and I'm like, that end of that movie was so depressing. Yeah, I I I I know what it is. I can't. I know I've watched a video about what it is, but I don't remember what the ending was. And I'll say, like, it's sci-fi movie. It's it's worth watching. Mm-hmm. But I, and I've watched it, and I will probably never watch it again. But I will say it was a very interesting sci-fi film. But I walked away from it, you know, sort of, sort of, almost depressed. It was just like, right. And I, you know, that's not really why I watch movies. Yeah, you know, and I'm okay. There's room for that. No, but... there's absolutely room for that. And some people love that sort of thing. Some people love movies that make them feel like that. Um, yeah, for me, it was kind of the way the, so the, the, what it is, is the timeline is kind of weird as to the way you're viewing things and you kind of realize part of the way through the movie that it's not happening quite how you thought it in the order you thought it was happening. Mm -hmm. And you realize that it's going to end with these people getting divorced you know, the kids depressed, you know, the kids sad because her parents are split up mm-hmm. and they go into it knowing that that's the future of the marriage and there's no changing it. And as a, you know, as a, as a child of divorce, and I, I suspect yeah. you can relate to this somewhat, it was like, that's horrible. <laughs> Yeah, that's not even. I like movies that make me go like, "Oh man, that's pretty messed up." But that's not even like that. That's just like, "Oh, this sucks." Right. <laughs> oh man, and like especially when it's kind of like more realistic things like that. Like when I see a movie where something crazy happens at the end, like there's this movie called The Perfection where a woman has her hands cut off. I'm kind of like, "Oh man, that was crazy." <laughs> but like in real life, nobody's rarely are people getting their hands chopped off. I can't relate to that. Right. Yeah. You can, when it's stuff like that, but it's, it's like the like things sad. that like hit sort of close to home like that. And you're going, yeah. <laughs> man, like it kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You ever walk out of a movie and you're like, I should probably call. I should probably call my mom. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, we got to talk about directors like that. Quentin Tarantino, all of his movies are relatively the same, but there's something about them that makes them so entertaining to watch that I, I don't care. Right. Um, the same tonally. They're all the same tone. Yeah, but they're still interesting. Yeah, and the stories are always... And the characters are, always, are interesting. Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino makes interesting characters. And he knows how to direct actors. Right. Um, uh, every Every actor who has worked with him gives their best performance mm-hmm. like yeah. samuel L. jackson does best when he's working for quentin tarantino right it's like i hear tarantino talk and i'm just like man it's like i don't know how i feel about you but like the fact <laughs> is is that he he gets the best out of the, everyone he works with yeah. he knows how he, to get the best it, it's like a great coach that knows how to get the best yeah. out of his players he is a genius but he is such an a-hole have you seen the interview it's my favorite thing ever where like there's this person she's like but why all the violence and he goes because it's so much fun Jan. <laughs> he's so sick of people asking him about violence every time right like it's like and, that's and I, his that's his brand yeah and like but so much violence and he's like and they're like what's the reason he goes there's no it's fun it's cool 
That's it. There's nothing deep. There's yeah. nothing special about it. There's you're not gonna probe into my mind and find my deep thoughts about society and what it means. It's just cool. Cause it's fun. But yeah. Anyway. Um, well, it's it's like uh, you know, it's like uh, what's his name that made the Transformers movies. Um, Michael Bay. It's like Michael Bay. He just likes to blow stuff up. That's it. That's it. He just likes it. <laughs> and if you like that, good for you. Like, I'm not a Michael Bay fan, but he knows what he does. He knows his audience, and his audience knows him. Yeah. And that's it. And, and, and on a certain level, I can respect it. I don't care for it. I haven't seen the last, like, I don't know, six Transformers movies, however many they made. You know, the thing is, is, like, I didn't like, I liked the first Transformers movie. Um, yeah. But I did not like anything after that. Now, granted, I haven't seen the, the um, I've heard really good things about the Bumblebee movie, but that's a totally different uh, I've heard good things, too. Uh, but I need, I haven't watched that one yet. I was trying to look to see Michael Bay's film list here. I haven't seen it, but apparently The Rock is actually a really good movie. The thing is, is like, there's a couple movies he's done that I really like. I mean, he did Six Underground on on Netflix, which is a fun action flick with uh, Ryan Reynolds. That movie's uh, sad. The 13, uh, 13 Hours is a really good movie. I haven't seen 13 Hours. That's the one about Benghazi. Oh, I have seen 13 Hours. Yeah, no, John Krasinski's in it. Yeah. And, and Roy from and the Roy. office. Yeah. yeah. No, I've seen 13 Hours. Um, yeah. Um, I really liked that one. I don't know if it's historically accurate or not. Cause I didn't bother to look up if it was, but you know what? It was, it was a fun movie. I mean, I think fun. that there's a lot of accuracy to it, but it's still a Hollywood movie. So, right. I got, I gotcha. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, I know that we just talked for like 15 minutes about directors, but I know that that's not even the tip of the iceberg of what we could get going. On oh directors. yeah. No, we're definitely going to do directors. Uh, I've got a couple things coming up. Uh, we're going to do directors. We're going to do, um, we'll try to figure out, uh, if you want to do just a John Carpenter, uh, <laughs> yeah. episode, we can do that. Um, I want to do our MCU rankings before eternal eternals comes out. Oh yeah. I forgot we were going to do that. Uh, but I want to do that. I had thought about doing it tonight until uh, Marisha wasn't able to be here. So we'll, yeah. we'll push that to next week. Um, and there was something else. What else did we talk about that we need to do that we've got coming up? Uh, I've been watching Deep Space Nine. Oh, we definitely got to do that. There was something we were talking about tonight, though. I said greatest ripoffs earlier. Maybe that's what it, maybe that's what I'm thinking about. Um, but we've got oh the biopic the biopic the biopics that's what it was so we've got stuff coming up you know that we're kind of working on now that we're kind of getting back on schedule so yeah and as I get more free time I'd like to do I'm, I plan on doing more videos like ten minute long videos where I just talk about a topic and put it up on YouTube stuff like yeah. I might do a video just about John Carpenter and how much I love him like I don't know um, so yeah there's lots of lots of cool stuff coming down the pipeline. Um, Hopefully some uh some some more scripted fun uh sort of I don't know the word uh television type stuff. Oh yeah yeah you know? yeah we've we've got some stuff in the works. I've kind of teased it among some of our uh, our Red Five compatriots, but uh, 
we, we've got some stuff that I hope by the end of this year, we'll be able to start giving you some little glimpses into. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping to do a lot. I'm hoping to get the, the YouTube a little more active and, and the website a little more active. Talking about D and D for like a year now. We are, we have, and it's uh, you know, a lot of these things have been planned for a while, and and COVID just kind of wrecked everything. That's but, right. Um, I do think that all those things are still going to happen. I think the D and I mean the D and D thing is going to happen with or without Robbie at some point. Yeah. Um, uh, I was really yeah. wanting to do it with Robbie because he had some fun stuff planned, but if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Yeah. Point is, there's a whole lot of stuff coming from the science fictionary. Uh, which will lead me to a great wrap-up segue where I can say, don't forget to check out thesciencefictionary.com, check out our YouTube channel, The Science Fictionary, and don't forget to leave us a like and subscribe, review, whatever you can do on whatever your preferred podcast platform is. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate it every single time. I'm David. You guys can find me on Twitter at David underscore jg peoples andrew where can people find you on the internet yeah you can find me running the twitter account for this show at sci underscore fictionary you can drop us a line at the science fictionary at gmail.com and as always you can find us as well as the rest of the red five podcast network at red five network on twitter and as always live long and prosper